We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth. And today's conversation is going to be about something a lot of people talk to us a lot about, which is the interesting interactions we have lead sometimes to mockery and how we deal with that. And joining us today, we have Titus. He is our public relations coordinator um, here at Created Equal, works in the same department I work in, but does a a very different job because I have more social media. He's more public relations. Titus, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And he just finished his gap year internship. Right. um, So not too long ago, a few months ago, I guess, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And now he is um, officially working full-time. Well, I guess it's officially working full-time as a gap year too, but... Whatever, something like... Yeah, right, it is. But either way, your department is growing, Lexi, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah, we now have four people in our department, one of the largest departments. It really is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really nice. All right, so um, yesterday, Titus was at uh, Western... What is it? Case. Case Case Western, thank you. Case Western Reserve. And that is near Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland, Ohio. So um, he was there yesterday conducting outreach. What was it like yesterday? Was it a pretty chill outreach? Was it more? We had a lot of immaturity. Um, Unfortunately, that's pretty common on college campuses. We had some property get attacked and stolen and just a lot of mockery. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Before we started the podcast, we were just talking, um, the four of us in this room, the three of us plus Esther, our producer, about uh, colleges and what they're for. And Titus made the point that, you know, colleges traditionally have been academic institutions. They're not so much that way anymore. Certainly there are those still reaching for that, but in many ways they've been, they become places for the, uh, psychological care of, of people and are often infantilizing, treating adults as kids. And that's what I think we're seeing. And what happened to you yesterday, people were acting crazy because they've been treated like kids. Yeah. Um, it's just, college is just to have a good time, Seth. What are you talking about? You're not supposed to learn there. Yeah, right, exactly. Are you serious? Yeah, they're just children. What can you expect? Um, no, but honestly, they were acting like children yesterday. I heard we got a few things stolen too. So um, they don't really understand the concept of private property and you just can't take um, everything you want to take. So um, unfortunately, but other than that, other than people being, you know, di- disrespectful or um, not really mature, um, did you have any good solid conversations? I had a few. Case Western Reserve University is considered a prestigious school. So um, with more prestigious schools, I find that students tend to think they know everything already. And um and so it's very hard to try to teach them or talk with them because mm-hmm. they know everything already already, and their goal in conversation is to educate you on what you don't know. Pause there. I think that's a really important point that I have certainly found to be the case over, I don't know, over a decade of doing uh, outreach on college campuses. Those elite upper crust schools are very much that way. They kind of have this mentality of they have discovered truth. They understand and they're going to teach the rest of the world. Interestingly, it's kind of a funny contrast with at the heart of their ideas, the idea that there is no objective truth, which Mm -hmm. is confusing, right? But I think Titus, your assessment is correct. that Often on those colleges, the more elite ones, they have that mentality. And I find it much more challenging to have productive conversations. They still happen undoubtedly, but it's more challenging. For sure. Um, But I think that Titus, later on in these clips, you can you will prove that it's so possible to um, at least shift people who um, may be prone to thinking that they know everything and they don't need to be told um, that they are wrong because 
or just just challenged, smart. right? This yeah, is, yeah, it's, yeah. College should be a time to be challenged by new ideas. And yes, you discover what is true, but you analyze and consider other yeah. positions. Yeah, I think um, they feel like they're doing that. I think they feel like mm-hmm. they're open-minded, but they're very close-minded to the actual truth of reality, um, which is unfortunate. But I think, well, actually, before we play the clip, let us know what are we about to listen to? How many people uh, are involved yeah, in this? Give us like a background of the conversation we're about to jump into. Yeah, so I had three guys come up to me, and um, it started out they were pretending to have a serious conversation, and they um, they were really just coming up to joke about the images of the aborted babies on the sign, and that became very evident very quickly, and so I called them out for that, and tried to shame them a little bit for it, because they were making shameful comments, and... The one man felt bad about the thing, things his friends were saying and apologized. And I was able to have a really good discussion with him after that. Nice. Okay. Well, let's get into the clip real quick and then we yeah. can discuss more of what they were saying. All of this is completely ignoring the fact that I actually have an, uh, a vested interest in abortion. Oh, do you? Yeah, because it means that when I go to the Planned Parenthood and I go into the dumpster, there's a lot of really, really tasty things to eat. That's I'm really sorry, sick. It's, it's really difficult. <laughs> That's really it's, sick. It's really oh, difficult. I mean, me imagine to, if they're throwing yeah, newborns in them. Sick or not, sick or not when I'm were... 400 years old, it's really difficult to look like 20 something, okay? It's difficult. If there and, were uh, newborns being thrown in a dumpster, would you mean making jokes like that if there were newborns rotting in there? Okay, I, pause. I mean, I think maybe we should briefly like recap what happened in there. But just from what I was hearing, uh, Titus, you were not shaming them. They were shaming themselves, right? Sure, you were merely yeah. drawing a connection to what, yeah. paraphrasing what you're saying back to them. Their points were shameful. So just recap for the listeners who didn't get to watch like we were watching there. What was happening? What were they saying? Yeah, for sure. They were, he was basically, he was basically comparing pictures of aborted babies to food. And drawing, sucking the life out of them, and it basically comparing them to something you would eat, and that's just it, that just shows a total disregard for human life, human value. And he was in doing that, he was assuming that the unborn were not human, mm-hmm. because if he thought they were human and valuable, he would not be joking like that. If they're throwing newborns in a dumpster, there's no way he would be making those jokes. So his joke was essentially, I'm hundreds of years old, but I can go to the dumpster, get these dead babies, take their youth from them, eat them, and I stay young, was what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clearly, obviously, mockery. His friends in the video clip, we could see it watching here in, in the studio. They kind of like backed away, started laughing yeah. when he said that, like yeah. kind of like awkward, so awkward or get away, but kind of laugh. Um, so that was interesting um, in that clip. So well, I am intrigued by it. to ask you, Titus, is, so I know you've been doing this for a little while, so it probably wasn't the first time you've heard someone talk about the babies making them feel hungry when they see the signs and that kind of thing. They say gross things like that, but you didn't seem caught off guard by it. You kind of just said you called them out for their disgusting behavior. So how have you gotten there that this is the right response to take when someone says something vile like that? Because sometimes the best thing for another person is for them to see what they're saying. They need to see that what they're saying is shameful before they'll actually calm down and have a serious conversation. People won't get serious if they don't see you're serious as well. Um, and they have to see the gravity of the situation too. So if they feel bad, if they feel ashamed, that's actually a good thing because what they're saying is extremely shameful. 
Yeah. So like, what's your, I think you were very firm with them whenever you were saying that's really sick. Like that was the first thing you said, but you said it very stern. You weren't like laughing or you weren't, um, it's very awkward, obviously when somebody is talking about eating dead children, but you didn't like take it lightly or like, you know, smirk at what Mm -hmm. he was saying. You're very serious. I think that's great. What do you do? How do you normally handle circumstances where people are mocking the dead babies and in contrast to that, what do you do when they're mocking you? Like, um, I think it's really important to talk about how we don't really care if they're mocking us at all. Um, so what's your tactic difference between those two things? Well, there are a few general tactics, always take it seriously, but you don't always have to focus on that, that comment. Sometimes you can ignore it and bring it back to the issue. Mm -hmm. It would depend on the person. Mm -hmm. If someone's making those comments, because deep down they're making light of something they did in the past that hurt mm-hmm. them. Maybe they had an abortion or, you know, were hurt by it in some way. I would handle that a little bit differently. But if someone's just making making jocular and trying to joke, you know, it's really shameful and you need to call them out for that and show them, show them why what they're saying is shameful mm-hmm. in the so that they'll get serious. Right. And I think that like Lexi was saying, I don't really care if they mock, like they mock me for my height all the time. Like, okay, I know that. I don't really care. I've had short jokes on my entire life. Right. So that's fine. But you mock a dead baby um, who did nothing wrong. That's a different story. Right. So I don't really care what you think about me, but I care a lot about what you think about the babies. Titus, I want to also ask though, clearly again, there was a group there. So do you see any difference in how you deal with someone in a group because you're trying to make a point for others who are listening versus the individual? Because I think there are some group dynamics here that are worth discussing too, how it affects other people. Yeah, um, I tend to say things um, that are more directed for the to the group and I use repetition. So like there I was saying, you wouldn't be saying this if you had newborns in rotting in a dumpster. I didn't say that just for him. I said mm-hmm. that for them too so that they could see why their why their friend was why those comments were shameful i wanted them to see the gravity of the issue not just him and so whereas i might be gentler on an individual in conversation i'm going to be harder on someone in a group setting because i want the others to listen and take note so what happened then with the group like did the other guys respond when he first started joking they started smirking and walking away but when i confronted him Two of them came back, he he walked off, but they came back, and one of them started apologizing, and you can hear that at the end of the clip, almost immediately, one mm-hmm. of them started I did, yeah, apologizing. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So I think we'll, let's go into the second clip that we have for y'all today, um, which is just a little bit later on in the conversation. With the guy With the, who stayed behind, right? Yeah. Is this yeah. one guy who stayed behind or two guys who stayed behind? Um, two guys stayed for a little while, but one of them left. Okay. So, but anyway, the main guy joking about eating the babies, he had moved on, but one of his friends stayed behind. Yeah, the friend who apologized stayed behind and had a good discussion with me. Okay, let's play that clip. Meaningful conversation, pro or con abortion, is just getting people to treat it with more respect. Yeah, I think the for guys sure. I was standing with, there was no respect coming yeah. from them. And, well, you know, when you're, yeah. you know, ending the prospect of human independent life. Yeah. Know, there's minimum got to be like a solidness to this. Okay, that's really powerful there. So, I mean, okay, again, there was audio noise, the honking in the background. Mm-hmm. So, let's before we comment, let's summarize what yeah. happened, Titus. 
Yeah, he basically said that his friends had made inappropriate comments and that there needs to be a sobriety, a solemnness, as he said, when you're discussing even the possibility that human life could be ended. He was pro-choice. He didn't like what we were doing. He didn't like that we were out there. But he understood that if there is the potential for an innocent human being to be killed, that 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 we should have a and that should cause a sobriety because that's a heavy, heavy issue. Did you see a shift in between his like the way he was carrying himself, the what what he was saying, or like nodding his head to? I don't know if he was talking. Whenever it was like all three guys there, um, but did you see a shift from before um, the one guy made um, the mocking comments about eating dead babies um, compared to after they walked after he walked away and everything like that? Yeah, most definitely. He got more serious after I confronted his friend. Mm -hmm. He also switched in conversation, um, I think because he saw how immature his friend had been. He switched. He went from saying, we had no business being on the university, we had no business coming there with our signs, to saying, I don't agree with you, but I'm glad you're out here. Because people need to think more carefully about this issue, especially if there's a possibility that a human wow. life is involved. That's huge. I think this is super important because um, I think that some people, when they hear, like, we get mocked. And then they think, we'll just move on. Like, don't respond to the person. Like, let them move on. And generally, that is often a good strategy, right? Because you want to look for the fertile ground people who are more open. But you pushing back at this guy, the first guy, the joker, uh, the main mocker, it influenced this other guy there. And so there is a time to push back and to challenge people directly, and as you did, let their views be seen clearly so they are ashamed of what they've said. So we don't want to be just shrinking violence. We want to be clear about what is being said and let that shame hang in the air because that can influence other people. So I just want to underscore what you did, Titus, that led to that conclusion. You, again, you paraphrased what he was saying. You compared it to eating born children to show how disgusting it was, and that actually influenced this guy's friend who was then later ashamed of them, as he should have been, right? Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. And I think that's like something good that we need to touch on that. I think as a society, as our culture, like we view shame as being something really bad. You should never feel shame. Um, and I think that's really false. Like it's a good thing mm -hmm. whenever you feel shamed. I know whenever I do something wrong, I feel like so shameful about it. Um, and I feel really like I'm thinking about like whenever I was a little kid and I did something wrong and I knew my parents like were going to be mad or whatever. or I got the look from my dad of, <laughs> oh, no, I know I just did something so wrong. And I felt like, you know, ashamed of it but that corrected my behavior and that actually helped me in the long run um and so yeah what titus what you did by just sternly like and you honestly weren't even doing anything like really bizarre no, not than, yelling back you were just stating the truth of right. what he was saying and comparing but, sorry yeah. notice that truth sounds like hate to some people right Correct. when it's yeah. just given clearly but sorry continue but and even though like the truth may have sound like hate to the guy who is mocking, um, it actually was the most loving thing for him, but also the most loving thing to do for the guy who stayed behind um, because he then was able to really kind of, maybe he was taking abortion lightly um, mm. and not really thinking about it as much. And maybe um, he was thinking of jokes or, 
or things like that to cope in his mind, but just not saying them out loud. And then when you called his friend out, he was like, oh, maybe this is wrong for me to do. Um, So I think that was the most loving thing you can do. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is let somebody feel shame. Yeah. And that's, we we recognize that, right? Because we all know when we commit sin, we should feel shame for that. And that leads to repentance. That leads to um, sanctification. That's all very, very important. We should not be trying to create a society where there's no shame felt for bad things done. And I think what's so important here is this guy, by feeling shame about his friend's behavior, there was a connection to him to the real world where he was realizing that maybe I should feel some, at least at minimum, sobriety, as Titus said, but also maybe even shame about abortion. And he was also, I think, recognizing the connection between his own behavior, perhaps, and the shame we should feel when we break God's moral law. So this was a moment of touching reality for him that's very important for all of us. I don't know. What do you think about this, Titus? Do you think that after um, he really shifted just in the short conversation that y'all had, um, do you think he's the type of person that could go on and continue to think about what you were, what you said, think about the images that he saw that day um, and later on change his mind on abortion? I know you can't like say that for sure, but do you think he was more like open to that? Yeah. Yeah. That's very possible. He did move while we were talking. He he moved his goalpost. He went from being pro-choice to sounding not as secure mm-hmm. <laughs> about his position. It went from thinking there was we should not be out there to thinking we played a very important role wow. in being out there, even though he didn't agree with us. He told me right at the beginning of the conversation that he wasn't going to change his mind in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good sign. Um, <laughs> he made I a promise. <laughs> yeah. It's very possible that... That he was changing his mind, he just didn't want to tell me. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of serious conversation also led into deeper issues like where do we get our value? Why why is human value important? Why should we have sobriety when mm. discussing human rights issues? Um, you know, he was an agnostic, but we talked and he told me he would be considering the claims of Christianity and the evidences for that as well. So it was a very fruitful conversation, I think. I would say again, because I think that he's bumping up against reality. You can believe there are no walls in this room, but you hit a wall with your body. There's a wall that you realize it, right? He could say there's no truth, no right and wrong, but he was in that moment experiencing the feeling of uh, perceiving God's moral law inwardly. And so that was, I think, speaking to him, the reality of the truth he's probably been suppressing about God's existence and about abortion as well. So that's very important. But I think also what I want to underscore of what you just said, Titus, for all of our listeners who I think sometimes think the goal is just changing someone's mind, right? And we do want to see that happen. Their feelings and thoughts about abortion shifting to being disgusted by abortion, recognizing these are human beings. But so often our work is merely shifting those goalposts, moving them, mm-hmm. recognizing that God is the one who's, who um, we're trusting his providence. We are merely doing our mission that day, which might be a very small shift. But this guy going from um, f- uh, associating with mockery to then apologizing for it and shifting his goalposts, that's huge. And we should thank God for that and not say, well, the job wasn't done because he didn't say he's yeah. opposed to abortion. Now, no, the job was done that day. Yesterday. Yeah, Greg Kokel puts it well when he says we don't have to uh, s- score a home run every time we have a conversation. We just, our goal should be to get the person to the next base. Um, mm, that's well said. And I think you successfully did that. Um, and even even then, you it's out of your control sometimes. Like the guy who walked away who's mocking, maybe he... Um, 
uh, didn't show that he had any sort of remorse or anything. But I would hope later on that night, whenever he's trying to go to sleep, is thinking about, oh, that was so dumb. Or he wakes up 20 years from now. I don't know. And just thinks, wow, that guy, uh, whenever I was back in college, like he was so right. And I was acting really foolish. Um, but yeah, that's really good, Titus. I think that um, this will help everybody whenever we always see like online people mocking the victims of abortion. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's even good to know what's our response to that. Um, we're always going to face that. It's a really good coping mechanism, or I say good, not really good, but you know, it's a coping mechanism that people use whenever they're faced with the the hard truth. Um, and so we're going to come across it. I think we just need to handle it as Titus handle it. Um, be serious, be firm, um, but be loving at the same time. And you can see the fruit of doing those things. I would just say, yeah, exactly. So my challenge to listeners would be to do what Titus did to when, whether it be a social media debate with regardless of how fruitful those may be or oh, not but just rec- those, recognize <laughs> that there are, are people reading it though not just you and the person yeah. you're writing back and forth with so how you treat the other person matters but also being willing to con- directly confront shameful behavior is important and in conversation the same way recognize others are listening as you're interacting with people so yes be loving be gracious be winsome but also be unafraid to directly confront what is shameful behavior and that's what we should all be doing and that's how we can I think keep advancing the the case to rescue preborn people. So well done, Titus. Everyone else, I challenge you to just go do the same thing. And, and before you do that, there's something much even simpler you can do, and that is to go online. Wherever you're listening to this right now, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Shout out to Jennifer, who left us a review on Apple Podcasts. She said, uh, critical thinking at its finest, which is very kind of her to say. Jennifer says, excellent podcast discussing real-life interactions. Great job analyzing those conversations and sharing practical ways to change hearts and minds for truth. Thank you, Jennifer. We love hearing from you. Um, so thank you for writing that for us. And everyone else, please, we'd love to hear from you too. So please leave us a review, send us a message, whether it be on Instagram or somewhere else. You can find us on Instagram. We're there at Debrief with us. Or you can also just go to createdequal.org and find us there. But thank you for joining us. We'll be here again next week. And until then, we are Created Equal. And this has been the debrief.